1: in to The Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. We want to thank you all for coming in and starting your weekend with us. Hope you got your coffee ready because we've got an exciting show for you this morning. Um, I do also want to, for, before we get started, I want to tell you guys a few things, um, how you can plug in with us. And of course, the crown jewel of all of our information is located at thehousinghour.com treasure trove of information there that you can dissect and share and all of that. Um, and then of course we're, we're on all of the platforms, the, the Twitter, the Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, all that Google plus even. So I'd recommend that you plug in with us there. I can give you those handles. We can fi- be found at uh, the housing hour can be found at uh, www.facebook.com slash the housing hour. You can also find us on Twitter at the housing hour there and then we're all linked in there. So you can find that on our website as well. But I want you guys also to know that our show right now can be heard on our brand new app that we have just released. I think that you guys will absolutely love this app. It is Right now, we're, we're only in the Google Play Store. We're, we're creating our Apple developer ID and so forth. And that will be released very, very soon. But as of right now, we have our Google Play. So on all of your Droid devices, um, which actually there's more Droid devices out there than they're on apple but um you can find that right now and mark you can listen to the show live what there's lots of
2: well it's fantastic because one of the big pieces that we always found complicated was to to create that live stream through an apple uh through a a, an app so we got a great uh company that's going to be one of our sponsors kevin perfect computers
1: absolutely perfect computers um they do a great job for us I was very impressed with Dave and his team and how they put together this app in such a short period of time um, and worked with us and kind of helped us to customize it. They did a tremendous job, and we'll be learning more about Dave. We're going to have him on the show. He's a brilliant mind when it it comes to computers and not just computers, but the whole infrastructure of how computers work, how you share, and how this new age is um, going to need to be kind of fine-tuned, and it's for businesses and realtors, anybody who who has a pulse and and he also
2: creates these games for the, the, these apps that are absolutely fun. Yeah.
1: They were hysterical. (laughs) So, Without any further ado, yeah. why don't you introduce it to Homeownership Matters. we got a great guest lined up. We have a doctor in the house. Yeah, Go we ahead, do Andy. have
2: a doctor in the house because this is Homeownership Matters. And we want to talk about the economy and all the positive signs out there. And there's probably no one better right now in the business than Core's Logic, which is a company out there. We're going to get our guest to explain all of that. But his name, he's a chief economist with Core Logic. His name is Dr. David Stiff. Doctor, are you there? I'm here. Well, welcome on board. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today.
3: Uh, thank you for inviting me.
2: So why don't we just begin and tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience, how you got into the econ business, and maybe a little bit of your history.
3: Um, I started off doing regional economics at Standard & Poor's, where we would basically forecast uh, economic growth in every metro area and state in the United States. Um, and shortly after that, I started working for Case Schiller, which... Produces the Case-Shiller home price indexes, and so what I was doing at S&P I basically, I focused more when I came to Case-Shiller on housing in particular and what was happening to home prices in different parts of the U.S.
2: And so you were over S&P when it was uh, CoreLogic acquired the uh, Case-Shiller?
3: No, no. This this was a different group. Um, okay. This was a group called the uh, Standard Poor's DRI. So they were they were purely an economic forecasting company, and they didn't have a particular focus on housing.
1: Okay, I'm just curious Dr. Stiff, um, you know being that you're kind of a numbers guy and you know you 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 are probably very well schooled on on how things work from a numerical statistical point of view um, I've always been interested before we get into the meat of our subject today um, what what really defines um, for you because everybody has a passion you know you might have a passion uh, you know for sales and marketing, you know, in the, in the line of work that we do. And some people might have a a passion for, you know, something else, whether it be sports or whatever. Um, Talk a little bit about, because there's something that drives you folks and we have Jesse lane that works in our office and, um, and he's our vice uh, vice president, executive vice president, and he just loves the numbers. Tell me a little bit about what, what, what motivates you to, to be so good at this, because I've read some of the stuff that you guys have and some of the things that you've done, and, and it just seems to flow very naturally. What drives you to, to want to learn about this and, and be able to uh, communicate this out to the public?
3: Um, you know, I think the reason I started to study economics was because it's a way to explain how how a society works based on individual thought, millions of individual decisions. Mm. So, and, we, and we saw that actually during the housing crash. If, if you get a large group of people together and they're all making decisions independently of each other, what does that do for society as a whole? And you know, economics is one way to look at that. Sociology is another way to look at that. Psychology is another way to look at that. But for some reason, maybe because it is so quantitative and there are a lot of numbers, yeah. I was drawn towards economics.
1: And I think the economics, obviously, right now, especially, you've had kind of a, a whole petri dish full of uh, stuff to to examine because it's 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 incredible with what's happened since 2008. And and like you just mentioned, the individual decisions that people make, and I think it may have also something to do with when you say people make decisions, they see what's happening out there, and and they make their Home buying or not home buying, or foreclosing or not foreclosing decisions, based upon what the masses are doing. Um, and it seems to me that if you look back, it seems like we've stemmed the 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 biggest problem. But can you just give us kind of an overview of where you see things right now, and and where you see things going? Uh, and that's probably right up your alley.
3: Yeah, I mean we're far, we're finally starting to see things return to normal. Um, Maybe not so much with the economy as a whole, but definitely with respect to housing. So, you know, starting in 2011, we started to see home sales start to ramp up. In 2012, we saw prices start to stabilize in most markets. We expect uh, by the middle of this year prices will stabilize in all markets. Uh, and so, I mean, the good news is the initial cause of the financial crisis and the economic recession, which was housing, is finally on what I think is a sustainable path of recovery. And and that really is good news for the economy as a whole because uh, when housing is recovering, it generates a lot of economic activity.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, but this seems like a tale of two economies uh, because we've got the the housing market really taken off every aspect of this. And we see it in our business because we originate loans. So in my office, I'm a branch manager. I see it taken off everywhere in our Company, it's taken off, but then you look on the other side um, where it's it's not the, the the jobs aren't growing so much. Um, so there seems to be two things going on here that uh, it's just they don't seem to be working in tandem. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, I mean we have a there's a difficulty that the housing market faces over the next one to two years, and that is it has to make a transition from demand that's been generated in large part by investors and by cash-only purchases, it has to make a transition from that source of demand to a more stable long-term source of demand, which is the demand that you get from first-time buyers and trade-up buyers, and which is primarily financed. So uh, many of these buyers don't have the savings to make cash-only purchases, so we need to see bank lending standards loosen a little bit. We need to see more people getting mortgages. And so we're at a a tricky point right now where we have to make this transition from – kind of this short-term boom into a long, sustainable increase.
1: Now, um, I think that brings me to what I was going to ask you next, actually, so thank you, because um, I think that the concern out there is, you know, you mentioned maybe the loosening um, and so forth, and and what I think the big concern for a lot of people are is that, okay, we see that in 2011 that we stabilized and, and home prices were up, and then now we're seeing home prices increase, and, you know, I see that your forecast um, is very solid, and you obviously believe that things will stabilize and that we will not create another housing bubble. But, and, and I think a lot of this has to do also with our show with Jesse a few weeks ago because we don't want to go back, and also, um, David Steve or um, Brian Stevens, we don't want to go back to where we were in 2006 to 2008. Um, t- talk to me about why you believe we're not going to have another housing bubble.
4: Well,
3: yeah, I mean, it, p- part of the problem is that. That lending standards tend to become loosest when markets are peaking, and they tend to become more strict when markets are crashing, which is sort of the opposite of what you want to happen. Hmm. That's uh, true. That's
1: <laughs> very interesting. That's a good point.
3: Yeah, I mean, the banks become as optimistic as buyers during a bubble, and they become, well, potentially even more pessimistic during a crash than than, than individuals. But uh, well, why do I think there's no chance? Well, in the short term, not no chance chance of a bubble. Um, And part of that's because home prices are so low compared to to income at the moment. So housing affordability is at record levels. So we would need a pretty long run of very strong price appreciation until we were at risk for another bubble. Um, In the long run, I mean, I'm hopeful that some of the regulations they're putting in place. I mean, I know I know they haven't decided ultimately how to wind down Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae or what to do about who qualifies for a conventional mortgage. But I'm hopeful that there'll be some institutional changes that'll sort of limit the risk of creating another bubble.
2: And we're going to get later, uh, we're going to get uh, talk a little bit more, uh, hopefully, about Fannie Mae and, and, and that particular piece that you're, t- you're talking about. But right now, looking at... What you're, you're seeing as far as these data is because we, when we had our other experts on, we, we I was pointing out that the productivity of our, co- our companies right now are at historic highs from World War II. And yet the wages are low and the gap between the two are significant. Uh, so it looks like the companies are hoarding cash. And it sounds to me or looks to me the numbers that the consumer is the one doing all the driving of the economy. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So, so yeah, I mean, corporate profits are at an, at an all-time high, but we haven't seen that work its way down to wages, and uh, that that what gives me a little concern about how quickly housing can recover. Because, or in general, as you mentioned, I mean, consumers drive the economy. So if their wages are not rising as quickly as corporate profits, eventually that disconnect creates a problem in terms of the ultimate demand for those corporations' product.
2: And, and as far as the, the companies holding that cash and the consumer eventually, if they, I mean, can you have a liquidity type of trap when consumers are still spending? I mean, if we have uh, businesses out there not spending their cash, hoarding it, and the, and the wage earner is spending some but then starts to retract, aren't we heading, don't we run that risk?
3: We, run, we, we do run that risk, but hopefully when you reach a point where consumer demand is growing quickly enough, and corporations see the demand for their products rise, and they start to hire again, uh, and and we see the unemployment rate start to decline, Uh, then you get some upward pressure on wages. And so then you get some positive feedback that generates faster income growth for households, too. And so at that point, both companies and individuals share in the rising economy, uh, and then it becomes a virtuous circle where corporations do well and individuals do well. And
2: wouldn't stimulus right now aid the uh, expansion of the economy that way and create that?
3: Yeah, I mean, one difficulty that we have right now is the sequester cuts are in place, and that's cutting back on federal spending, and that's lowering overall economic growth. So, and and not at an ideal time. I mean, this is a who, where we who, have a, whose fault
1: is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't want to assign blame. I know. Well, there's I think plenty it, people to blame, there's but. plenty of blame to go around. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to, we have another minute only left in this segment, but when we come back, I definitely want to go back down that path because I do want to get your opinion about, you know, what the um, kind of whole, whole industry at large, not just the financial industry, but also other industry as well what can their decision makers do? And, and a lot of it has to do I think and, and and we can talk about this more as well, but it's the psychology not only of the consumer but also of the business owner and the person out there that's you know has the money in their hands and and whether or not they're going to lend it it's the it's the psychology of our politicians in a lot of ways because they're listening to their constituents and maybe those ideas and those fears and those anxieties are not actually, Um, factual and don't need to be brought into the decision-making policy and I think that's very hard for policymakers to try to 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 cut so and understand that there are very important decisions that you have to take the the emotion out of it so we'll continue talking about that Um, we have lots more to, to go here on the housing hour we want to thank everyone for coming in this weekend and we hope you're going to have a great one and we'll see you right back here after these messages
4: Maintenance, fogging, drafts, there are plenty of reasons to replace your old windows and even more reasons to choose infinity replacement windows from Marvin. Energy efficient and low maintenance, infinity windows are built for life and available in East Tennessee only from CRS Exteriors. Right now, save $100 off each window or door when you buy four or more. So call now for your free consultation, 865-670-8823, or visit crsexteriors.com. Infinity windows from Marvin and CRS Exteriors. No better choice for your home. Great. Where is this going to come from? There's no way. How am I going to pay my mortgage? First, I'd lose my job. And now, I'm about to lose my house. What happened to the American dream? There's got to be something I can do.
0: There is. Keep My Tennessee Home has U.S. funds for struggling Tennessee homeowners. Visit Keep My Tennessee Home at keepmytnhome.org and see if you qualify today.
4: Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call. 777-1040 or visit our website at tanox.com.
2: Home ownership matters, and Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you with all your home financing needs. Whether it's a purchase or refinance, our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at MortgageInvestorsGroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution
0: for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111 make Father's Day unforgettable with a visit to Bristol Dragway for one of the most unique experiences in motorsports. Thunder Nationals. Feel the top-fueled dragsters as they race through this picturesque valley at speeds in excess of 300 miles an hour. And watch the funny car pilots ride their 8,000-horsepower machines like bucking Broncos and see just how tight the action really can be in the Pro Stock Series. It's a weekend packed full of speed and adrenaline June 14th through the 16th at Bristol Park. For more information, visit bristoldragway.com.
1: Hey, I'm Kevin Ray, host of the Housing Hour. Please join me and my co-host Mark Griffith every Saturday from 8 to 9 as we bring you the latest news from the housing market.
2: And be sure to check out our website, thehousinghour.com, for great resources on housing-related issues and links to
1: our archived shows. So join me, Kevin Ray, and Mark Griffith each week as we tackle issues of homeownership. The Housing Hour is a locally produced show presented by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour, Saturdays from 8 to 9, right here on WOKI
4: learning how to ride my bike. You were there keeping me safe, holding me up from behind by the seat. You really took care of me. I also remember you teaching me how to throw the ball in the front yard. I was so bad at it. But you stayed with me and patiently coached me through it. Learning to drive was one of the most exciting and most terrifying experiences I had gone through at the time. Leaving the parking lot and driving on the highway had me so nervous, but you assured me I would be fine. I saw you out of the corner of my eye on graduation day. As I walked
0: across the stage, your ear to ear smile made me feel like I had finally become a man. Father's Day is coming soon. Thank your father for the times you've spent together and for a lifetime of memories with a timepiece from Kimball's Jewelers. This Father's Day, let Kimball send your father to play 18 holes at Royal Oaks when you buy any gift for your dad. Show your father that you truly appreciate all he has done and everything that he's been there for. So visit Kimball's Jewelers on top of Bearden Hill. For every moment, there is a celebration. For every celebration, there is Kimball's Jewelers. Monday hyphen Nation. What's keeping us apart? Mouse ears and a rainbow. Why Eric Holder should resign and some thoughts on five-hour energy. We light the firecrackers of talk at 5.30 Monday. The Halloran Hilton Hill Morning Show. Talk it up. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Every day I'm shuffling. Welcome back into
1: the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray here with Mark Griffith. And we uh, want to tell you guys about a company that You know what we believe very strongly in, and with the economy and the housing um, market heating up here in Knoxville and the surrounding areas and the whole entire nation for that matter, um, you need to find people that you can trust to go on your team. One of the local companies here in our region is Admiral Tidal, and they are very trustworthy. They've been around for eight years. They know how to do things, and they really take you through the process of of showing you and, and explaining to you the closing documents and what it means to own a home from a legal standpoint. And I know for some, they already know all of that stuff, but there's a lot of people that need a little extra information and they need to have their hand held a little bit more and guess what? They provide that. Now, if you're a seasoned buyer or a seasoned realtor or a seasoned lender, you know, they're just going to take care of your client's needs 100% of the time. And they're going to direct them in the way that they need to be directed to get the job done. And, and you know what? You cannot be there babysitting every step of the process when you're buying a home. You have to just depend on other people and have faith that they're going to do their job. Well, guess what? These folks do their job. Give them a call today, 865 865- Five three one six zero six zero Admiral Title. Okay, we're back here on the housing hour. And um don't forget everyone that you can actually download our new app. It's right there on the Google Play Store. You can download that for free. It doesn't cost you a dime. And you can listen to us, you know, online on your on your phone. You don't even have to get out of bed in the morning at 8 a.m. Right? That's you can right. just you can just matter of fact, you can take your coffee maker into your bedroom plug it into your nightstand, and then you don't even have to leave your bed. You just listen to the I housing I just wonder hour.
2: what these new phones mean. You just program it to turn on or something. Yeah,
1: there you go, possibly. Yeah, I know you can program your coffee maker as well. <laughs> so please plug in with us there and, of course, thehousinghour.com. Um, is absolutely a place that you can go. And to learn more about doc, uh, Dr. Stiff and more about him, we will also put the website from the company that he works for so that you can learn more about what they do. And as links well. to
2: some of the articles he's been quoted in across the
1: country. Absolutely. No, no doubt about that. So why don't we talk a little bit more about the whole dynamic um, that's happening and, and, the, and the shift that maybe some people are seeing, because like you you said, Mark, um, a moment ago, it's almost like the tale of two economies, you know, because we feel very, very good about where things are going. That's right. There's a lot of economic activity. And um, one of the things that I thought maybe was a missing piece in 2010 and 2011, uh, maybe even in 2009 with what, what we were hoping was a strong recovery I think that one of the missing pieces in that was the purchase business. And so what what I think now, and you talked about the sequester as well, I, I wish that we had all of the the stars lined up because if you got a strong housing economy or housing market, you've got a great economy going, and then you have government doing what they need to do from um, a spending standpoint, not too much, but enough to replace some of the demand or some of the consumer um, that would be the greatest situation. So do you think, um, Doctor, that this this kind of um, sequester problem, could that be a, a bigger issue than what some think?
3: You know, I'm hopeful that, that the private economy, the, the economy outside of government is strong enough now that it can offset uh, the cutbacks that we're seeing in federal government spending. Um, but that being said, I mean, the timing is not great. I mean, what you would want is you'd want uh, any, any stimulus that you're getting from the federal government, and not all of that is new spending. I mean, some of that's just automatic stabilizers, right. like unemployment insurance and uh, increased Medicare spending as people can no longer afford private insurance. But you'd want that to continue until the recovery was firmly underway. Um, but that being said, you know, I think the signs that we're seeing from consumers, I think the latest consumer confidence number is at a five-year high, um, the activity we're seeing in housing, uh, they make me hopeful that that will offset the slowdown we're seeing in federal spending
1: yeah and i was going to mention it, 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 real quick now mark has a question but um, if you look at what the measure was back when back when we were all on the austerity bandwagon right everybody said ah you got to cut spending i don't you,
2: think you were no <laughs> i wasn't
1: but but you know but then you had others like dr tony spiva from yeah. the university of tennessee that says that's hogwash you know, he didn't say you've got an error in your math, but basically that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And so, doctor, I guess you know I could go on and on about that. But but the austerity, or not the austerity, but the, the sequester, the the money that we're taking back, I mean, was the judgment of the policymakers and the economists, and th- that thought that that was a good plan to keep us from bankruptcy, basically. But now it's been proven that there was an error in the calculation by the people. Who basically develop their campaigns? I'm talking. I'm talking. Huge politicians were creating their campaigns based upon these false calculations. I don't want to get too po- political here, right? But tell me what you think about that. Is that because that was back in April? I haven't heard much more about that,
3: right? I mean, I think the problem is you have to separate out the long term issues from the short term issues. Mm-hmm. So in the long term, there are Federal debt is an issue that we have to worry about, in particular because uh, baby boomers will be increasing the demands on Medicare and Social Security. But that's a long term problem. In mm-hmm. the short run, especially following something as uh, huge as the financial crisis, you want to have short term stimulus so that you can get the economy quickly out of recession. And actually, in the long run, that makes you better off because right. uh, you don't have high levels of unemployment and workers sitting on the sidelines. You get them back to work as quickly as possible so that they're generating uh, long-term economic growth, and so I think I think that's some of the confusion that people have. It's, it's difficult to separate out what's a long-term issue from what's a short-term issue.
1: And it doesn't help when you have people that are at highly acclaimed institutions doing research, and it, it, it's not, I mean, I don't want to point the finger at them. People, I mean, those types of mistakes, come to find out, are made frequently but I think that did not help matters. But, you know, Mark, maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but why why are people, um, I guess, not listening to what you're saying? Because I, I hear I hear you loud and clear. I hear the Dr. Tony Spiva from the University of Tennessee loud and clear. Our stimulus package back when we did it, it wasn't big enough. Let's just say it like it was. I, I don't think it was, or it wasn't focused enough, maybe. Well,
2: Dr. Stev, let me ask you about that particular point. Um, when the stimulus was executed back then wasn't the net effect zero as far as job creation because of the federal jobs that were lost or am i incorrect
3: in that no no the net effect was definitely positive because i mean you have to remember it's it's more than just the federal it's more than just federal employment i mean these are block grants to states these are uh all types of federal spending which are generating jobs in the federal government they're generating jobs at state, state and local governments you know for example teachers and firemen and policemen and then it's has spillover effects into the private economy too. So, I mean, without the stimulus, we would have we would be in much worse shape than we are right now.
1: Absolutely. Do you think that the stimulus package could have been different?
3: I mean, there's lots of arguments about how you make a stimulus package more efficient. You know, is it yeah. better to have tax cuts? Is it better to spend spend money on federal construction projects? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of arguments about that. I think. Uh, I mean, there's certainly ways you could have probably made it more efficient, but I think going back to what you said earlier, it's ultimately the size of it that determined how effective it was in right. ending the recession. And,
1: and and that's the thing, you had you had people, you know, and, and this is just looking at it from both sides, you had people that thought, hey, you know what, we're spending too much money, and rightfully so, you know, this is what caused the problem. People didn't realize that that's not what caused us to be where we were. We That's a whole other discussion. The, the reason that we are where we are or i guess where where we were wasn't because we were spending too much money that had nothing to do with it it was right. it was poor uh poorly written legislation that allowed these investors and these people on wall street to create this you're this, talking about
2: the private mortgage securities
1: yes i mean that was one of the reasons and it it all goes to the psychology of things you start seeing this happen so i mean let's let's also talk about if if you have the time here because i think that the percentage of gdp that we're currently spending do you know what that number is i mean i'm thinking it's somewhere in the like the 40 percent range or am i am i wrong or less than that
3: federal government spending yeah oh no it's much lower than that i oh I don't have the figure off the top of my head. But, but
1: it's it's lower than that. It's probably yeah. in the thirty range or somewhere in
3: there. Yeah, I mean no, I think I think it's in the twenties. Oh, okay. But that doesn't include state and local, so I'm not sure what happens when you add in state and local.
1: Right. Um but so uh,
3: I mean when you compare the US to you know, most developed economies, federal spending is much lower in the US than it is in Europe, for example.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah and I don't want to compare us to, to some of the European countries but at the same time, you know, I think that what we need to do is educate people. And, I, you know, I get off on a, a, a tangent a little bit, but what, I mean, keeping it focused, I mean, we're all in this together. And, and what you're doing is very positive because what you're doing is you're trying to, you know, share your opinion, and your opinion is based on fact. And so I would recommend that people, whether they're in the lending institutions or realtors or we have a ton of realtors or the folks that are just out there listening – to, to, to look the information up on the housing hour and we're going to post what doc, the doctor has written and or actually been quoted in yeah. as well
2: and and also i want to i'll have a link to corelogic.com because mm-hmm. they have a lot of great news and they can follow all these reports that are coming out and w- one of which came out uh, dr stiff i was wanting to ask you about since we have this sequester going on what's the impact because you have report or corelogic came out with a report on 531 about the storm surge report estimates and so the what surge? st- storm surges uh like hurricane sandy oh, and, okay. the, and the and the impact of these events that cause you know homes to be destroyed and a lot of uh money you know loss so how how is this piling on effect dr- you know hurting the economy when you have these sequester plus oklahoma tornadoes and those types of things do you have an opinion on that
3: um, I'm not completely familiar with the, the, the storm surge report. I've, I've seen it, but I'm not the analyst that created it. Um, yeah, I mean, in general, it's interesting. I mean, when you have events, I mean, I don't want to talk just about the economic events because obviously the, the losses yes, right, the persons in, in, in these events are are terrible. But uh, in general, in the short run, they obviously they reduce productive capacity, so they they cause businesses to shut down, They, you know, less is produced. Um, but in the medium term, they, they tend there tends to be a rebound afterwards as, as people rebuild. So um, we saw this with Katrina in the Gulf area. So after Katrina, which was obviously a, a horrible uh, tragedy, um, the immediate in, impact was to shut down a, a huge number of businesses. But then as you start to rebuild, it generates a lot of activity, and in particular with housing, it tends to generate pretty strong price appreciation as uh, because you have housing shortages and then you have new homes coming online. Absolutely.
1: Now, if you, you know, if you look at these different economic kind of things that happen events in our history and you look at, you know, 2001 obviously was a huge um, event in American history. um, You know, and you have different events that, that, that symbolize if you will i guess um a turning point and it's the it's the psychology of people's reaction and i think if you look back in 2008 i think that that was definitely people are still in post-traumatic stress this you know syndrome um, mode you know i think that from 2008 until today um i mean dr stiff wouldn't you say i think that a lot of the what we're seeing today with the home buying the surge in home buying is that people are beginning to heal from all of the, the things that happened, you know, because you look at this also from a psychological standpoint, I would imagine, and the only thing that I don't see, and I may be wrong, is that the consumer hasn't quite come back to the table yet, in in certain areas, you know. Um, now they have in cars, but but there's are certain areas where they're still lacking, and I think, and that and that's where the concern is, I think, with the sequester. But what's your thoughts about that? Do you see that dynamic changing um, over the course of the last five years?
3: Yeah, I mean, you should never underestimate market psychology. It's a a very important effect. And if you think about, at least in terms of economic history, what the financial crisis compares to, well, in in terms of market psychology, it's the worst event since the Great Depression. So uh, although at the time we didn't realize it, we do realize now the downturn was so severe because people were really shocked at the losses that... uh, took, either because they lost their job or because their stock market holdings dropped or primarily because the value of their homes dropped by such a large amount. Right. So it's going to take a while to heal from that. And I think the activity we're seeing in housing is starting to show that we're more than halfway there in terms of that kind of psychological repair. Um, because if you're a consumer, the most, the largest purchase you make is a house. Right. And so Uh, To rebuild the confidence to make that purchase, uh, that's a significant – that marks significant progress in the recovery of the overall economy. If more and more households feel confident about buying a house, um, then we're well on our way to having sort of a more normal economic recovery
1: that that's that's very important I think that you just hit the nail on the head and and we sure do appreciate your time and give you gave us today because I think it's been very helpful for me personally I think and also for the people who are out there listening we really appreciate you coming in today thank you so much dr
3: sure my pleasure thank absolutely
1: you. and we'll put all his information up right on our website for you to be able to go and digest all of what he said and we'll see you right back right after these messages with shoes that cut and
0: Market realities in the housing market are making this a great time to buy. Home prices are right. Rates are rock bottom low. It's time to act. But you need a company primed to help you take advantage of the great opportunity. That company, Mortgage Investors Group. Refinancing. First, let's talk about that. What if you could take your 30-year mortgage and turn it into a 15? You could save hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mortgage Investors Group can get it done with payments close to your thirty. That way, your house can be paid off before the kids finish high school. If you're a first-time homebuyer, you're going to love Mortgage Investors Group. They have programs where you don't have to make a huge down payment, plus their information is accurate and reliable, and they get their deals done in 30 days or less. Best in the state for 10 years running. Go to their great new website, migonline.com, and find one of the 18 locations closest to you. The opportunities are real. The American dream is within reach. Let's get started. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Equal housing lender, mortgage license 109111. Hey everyone, this is Kevin Ray with the Housing Hour, and we want you guys to call
1: Josh White at Home Harvest. Josh can build a vegetable garden in your backyard, any size that you want. And that's what he does. He can help design a plan for you and your garden. Call Josh today at Home Harvest, and that's at 865-712-2745. Home Harvest, 865-712-2745.
4: sue benson owner of title associates in today's real estate market it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience a company you can trust and one that conducts business with you in mind if you're buying selling or refinancing our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one if you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service give us a call 777-1040 or visit our website at tanox.com are you in the market to purchase a new home Many first-time homebuyers and veterans qualify for 2 or 4% down payment grants from the Tennessee Housing Development Agency. THDA offers 30-year fixed-rate mortgages insured by FHA, VA, USDA, or conventional loans. For more information, please visit our website at www.thda.org.
2: Buying a home makes a lot of sense. Even though home values are increasing, rates are still at an all-time low. Mortgage Investors Group is ready to help you take advantage of these dynamic market conditions. With 18 Tennessee locations, MIG has dedicated itself to taking a caring approach to all your home mortgage needs. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us at MIGOnline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solutions for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. MIG is an equal housing lender.
0: Hi, this is Halloran. You might have noticed more and more people are making the wise choice in this market to remodel, but where do you begin? Don Steimer from Master Custom Home Remodeling is here with me. Dawn, tell us about Master Custom
4: Homes. You know the quality of Master Custom Homes. Now let me tell you about some of our team. Our estimator is not only professionally trained as an estimator, but she actually has an architectural design background. Our project manager has 20 plus years of experience and our interior designer on staff is proud to help you with every selection throughout the process, whether it's a faucet or the color of paint. We're delighted to have a complete professional team to care for every aspect of your project from design to completion. To find out more, call us at 458-0416. That's 458-0416.
0: So if you're remodeling your home, you want to remember Master Custom Home Remodeling. Learn more by visiting them online at MasterCustomHomes.com. Expect a masterpiece. For today, look for partly cloudy skies across East Tennessee with an isolated shower or thunderstorm. Highs around 87. From the VLT Local 8 Weather Center, I'm Chief Meteorologist David Aldrich. More American than an apple pie baked by Tim Tebow on the 4th of July. What? Okay, I'm not sure he can top that. No. Halloran Hilton Hill. Yeah, he loves America. On News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. (laughs)
1: Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host. Landon is in there producing, running the tables for us. And dancing. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I wish we had a webcam on that. Um, But anyway, thank you guys for coming back in and appreciate Dr. Stiff and what uh, he talked about. Um, And Dr. Stiff was not stiff he was very not at all communicative
2: I mean, very verbal very it.
1: verbal <laughs> and knows his stuff you know yes, he didn't brilliant. he didn't know so much about the storm surge numbers
2: hey, he's not going to talk about stuff he's not, <laughs> he's not responsible for yeah
1: but that's cool though and and we appreciate him before we move on let's talk about our sponsor our great friends over at the um, home market that they actually uh, have the magazine they do a tremendous job knox homes magazine Um, And they do a great job for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's free. (laughs) That's a big benefit. It's free, it doesn't cost you a dime. Anywhere the Knoxville News Sentinel is um, is there, you'll find their magazine. And number two, they're good people. I like them very much. Um, They're just, they do a good job. Jim and Joey Hackworth, they've been around for years and years. You've heard me talk about them. They do a really stand up job and they're creating more buzz about these home magazines. I mean, hey, this is the time that things are beginning to go high. They're, the the market is picking up. And so that's why they're here. Um, and I would recommend using them. And yes, if you're a realtor out there, maybe you're a lender, you're looking to get into this and and you're, you're trying to figure out where to use your marketing dollars, um, that is where you want to start. KnoxHomes.org is the website. I'd recommend going on there and contacting them about a, a program that can work for you. Now, we're going to get back in. Mark and I are going to, talk a little bit about um, our, our previous segment. And also I do need to thank Admiral title and home uh, Knox homes magazine for allowing us to go commercial free last week with, you know, our, our special guest um, because um, we did not want to come in and do a live read while we were talking about the Boston marathon. Bombing. Absolutely. So we want to thank them very much for, for allowing us to do that. Um, they, 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 you know, really just support that. I'm just really appreciative of that. So, um, but Mark, you know, uh, we talked with Dr. Stiff and I I really, I mean, what it sounded like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost sounded like he was saying guys without coming across this way saying, guys, you don't understand these sequesters were wrong and this is going to hurt the, the, um, economy. And, You know, it just sounded like he was taking a side, not Democrat or Republican, because there's Republicans that believe some of that. And I mean, you know, there's 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 a blurred line there. But what did you what was your take from that? He kind of had I mean, but most economists think the same way.
2: Yeah, most of them do. So I, I think that everybody feels all the economists feel. That um, you you want to spend your way out of a recession, and mm. that's where the differences between people that believe in austerity versus Keynesian and, and mm. that type of thing.
1: Where's uh, so, David Thompson when you need him? No,
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so so I yeah I believe that that's a mistake, and I think in the reports, you know, if you go all the national media, they all were. Telling everybody this is what's going to happen. All these cutbacks are going to kind of slow us down a little bit. But the interesting thing, the positive thing to this is that we really have not seen a slowdown in the market as far as the home market. Right. We picked up. So every the consumer is back out. Uh, with some confidence in buying in the home market and they're getting pre-qualified. They're coming into our homes because just even today, uh, this week, I I think it was yesterday that we had another bidding war on another house. Mm. I mean, you know, already, I think it was three days on the market and it had three
1: or four uh, contracts on it. So this is what's going on out there. And you remember what Brian Stevens said about what's happening in Sacramento Yes, that will house to go on the market. And there was 30 bids on it.
2: Well, that's that's it. You got to get ready. You got to be prepared because uh, it is a bidding war going on out there. So you just got to play it right.
1: Well, and and I guess my my whole thinking is, and, and I know we're focusing on housing, and I'm trying to not focus directly on it, although it's vital. Um, I'm just thinking about our decision makers and where we're going to go from here, because you know I want for the people that I vote for to have the same philosophy that the economists have, and because they're the ones that understand what is the future i mean they don't just forecast i mean yeah they forecast but they, they they throw in the models the the decisions that were made by the people that are making the decisions if they could put in their own decisions then their forecast would be different so i mean i guess if you're listening to this show and you are a voter and you you know have the right to vote. Most of you do, (laughs) except for those 18 or younger or have I guess a felony offense. But if you're voting, um, you know, don't just take what your parents or your grandparents or anybody that you know says, don't take just what they say as fact. I'm not saying what they're saying is not true because it most likely in a lot of areas is true, but you know how it is. I mean, I don't, I don't want to take sides here at all because I honestly, I, I'm not on a side, but you know, my father has a philosophy. My mother has a philosophy. I listen to what they share, but I'm not going to automatically vote for who they vote for just because I want to make them happy.
2: Well, see in my, right? in my generation, when I grew up, that's what you're supposed to do. Whatever your, exactly. your father said, this is the way this is what you took. I mean, right. but now in my, my kids, my oldest one, who when he turned to vote, he voted in a different line than me mm-hmm. in my history of my family. And now you've totally. come around to well, his. <laughs> yeah, so I, I looked, I but I didn't put any pressure on him. I right. just was impressed that he chose that different direction. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't pass on the bias.
1: Right, right. And so
2: we have to do our homework. We can't make a decision based on our bias because it was put in uh, DNA. Through, you know, yeah, exactly,
1: birth. and I think that the masses. I think that that's one thing with the you know the people that you're friends with, that you go to church with, that you go to school with, that you work with, that you see at the mall, that you see at fundraising events. I mean, you know, there if all of those folks are going down the stream one way, it's really hard to go up the stream. It is. It, it is. It's really it's really hard. You tend to make your decisions based upon the way the other fish are swimming. And you just say, you know what, I'm just going to swim down this way because the current's going this way. And you know what, I don't want to have to swim up the current. It's just not fun. Um, But I I guess I just say all that to say, you know, make your decisions based upon your own individual research.
2: And so, you You know, know? and when we see these things out here going in the market, we have the sequester. Mm -hmm. So we know that there are people suffering. And that's why I say it's a tale of two economies, because what we see is the uh, folks that are are doing okay. And they're coming into the market, they're buying a house, they're stepping up, they're getting a great deal with historic lows. Uh, so it's a perfect time for them. And it makes a whole lot of sense. And there are a lot of buyers uh, out there in the marketplace, yeah. but then there's other people that are suffering. So, mm-hmm. so it's really, you, you walk away from that. And I've, I've wa- talked to people They said, Oh yeah, my business is just, it's just really dried up. It's just dying. It's hadn't really come back. And so that's kind of, you know, that
1: that's happening
2: that, and that hurts because I don't, I don't want them to suffer yeah. and I know that's happening. Mm-hmm. So are you for feeling right now? Because the economy's so hot. There is another side of this. Absolutely. Maybe even half of the folks, I don't know what's mm-hmm. out there, yeah. but uh, you know, it's so it's kind of disturbing sometimes.
1: And you look to, I mean, you may, that's a, such a good point because you know, we are happy. Things are going great in our economy, but it's, it's always been that way with, with the real estate business in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when the, when things are going very well in the economy, a lot of times that means interest rates may be a little higher. Right. Um, and then the, the, the opposite occurs when, when things are not so good in the economy, that means rates are low. So we're over there doing refinances. So it's always been a fine balance there. Um, but you know, I was looking at a report that came out last week, the, um, the domestic vehicle sales. Okay. Just to kind of give you a, a feeling of what's happening in the economy. We know home prices are up. We know that home sales are up not as much as maybe they were last year as far as a percentage, but they're still climbing. They're climbing right?
2: absolutely.. Um,
1: green. But we look at vehicle sales and I, I'm you know these are big, big ticket items, you know, like last year the prior was or the prior month rather was 11.9 million and this time it was 12.1 million Mm -hmm. and the total vehicle sales i suppose if you include foreign and domestic the prior was 14.9 million um, and the consensus was 15.2 that's what the economists thought it was going to be and it was 15.3 million so i think that's a a pretty good sign that people you know are and i think that's also going to say a couple of things I think is going to tell you that people are beginning to, to get the the hope and the confidence back that the economy is moving. You know, that's I think a big piece of all of this is that they have the confidence, you know, the consumer confidence.
2: And, you know, uh, part of the other thing that's growing, you mentioned the autos, uh, durable goods rose in April, mm. which is an excellent sign. And see, we haven't seen a whole lot of that growth out of the durable goods. And that's your dishwasher, washing machines, refrigerators, those types of big ticket home items. When they rise, you know that that means that they're, you can look at home construction and remodeling. You, you can see people have got that appetite to buy. And then when you look back in April, you see the building permits rose. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be future groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, when it dries out and we can do that.
1: Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, the Fed chairman spoke, I guess it was, was it last week or the week before, whenever it was, Um, and boy, it shook up the market, did it not? I mean, you know, he he just, you know, people just want to know what is in his hands as far as like uh, his cards. They want to know. They want to see what he, what cards he's playing. And they try so hard to peel back, you know, the curtain and see what is behind the scenes. And, and, you know, that there was, you know, there's been a hint that he may resign and he has been the biggest advocate of quantitative easing and continuing it and so him leaving would not certainly mean that we would stop quantitative eating easing just like that i mean they're already talking about ending it in 2013 anyway correct
2: well they're talking about that possibility i mean they're going to just wait to see if they see significant wage earners i mean jobs increase Mm -hmm. you know um and it's going to have to be better than what's being out there in the last, you know, so 150,000 yeah. ain't going to do it, you know, right. something in the 250,000 plus range for six months, three to six months, yeah, for three three to se- six months. For several months.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so, for, but also another thing that he, um, caused, I think was that he mentioned, you know, in his speech and people just got the idea that maybe they were going to slow the quantitative easing down, right? you know, but he also, you know, marked that by saying just what you said. Yeah. so. Um, you know, and people concerned about that. So mortgage backed securities, of course, you know, just dropped like you know, you haven't seen in a long time. And rates went up a little bit, you know, and they stabilized some. But you know, people that are out there, they think, oh my gosh, rates have went up. They're now back up to six. No, no, they're still under five. But you but, know?
2: but even in the term quantitative easing, right. it's not it's the the idea here is not to stimulate it excessively fast. It's right. not quantitative super acceleration speed right, right. it's easing the right. economy into it so it's we're going to see a, a a slow and steady increase in those employment numbers and at that point in time and, and that's why i was confused when warren buffett came out and said there is no exit strategy mm-hmm. so he was talking about the quantitative easing he said there where's the exit strategy yeah. what, what is the exit how are I, they going I to get think, out of
1: it i think he should stop coming out and <laughs> saying a, things and so,
2: so <laughs> I, I was just thinking you know, just, well, you know, you yeah. just got to watch the economy and they'll know when to s-
1: slow it down. I think that this comes back to kind of a um, really an animalistic thing because, you know, you have a baby bird and you push it out of the nest before it's ready to fly. What's, what's going to happen?
2: It's going to do a face plant. It's
1: going to do a face plant. And hopefully it's not high enough in the tree that it's going to, it's going to die.
2: It's got, it's that, you know, quantitative easing. Yeah.
1: So all I'm saying is, and it goes to what Dr. Tony Spiva said, even Dr. Stiff. And what I believe personally, you can't pull the rug out from under the economy. And say, ah, you know what, we're doing good. Sequester. Well, The Democrats and Republicans, it was their own fault. They couldn't come up to a, a reasonable cut. So they wrote into the compromise that they were going to do these sequesters if they couldn't come to an agreement. So the Republicans, the defense spending is on the table. The Democrats, the Medicare spending is on the table. So everybody is feeling the pain right now, which was just a terrible decision. So... That's one of the things that we need to get our mind around for the real estate market, for the quantitative easing, and for the sequester. You know, we can't just pull the rug out. We can't push the bird out of the nest until, you know, it doesn't take but a couple of weeks if you feed it right. I mean, these <coughs> birds are unbelievable. You yeah. know, feed him pr- properly and he'll fly like the wind. Well, and that's, that's what we, we
2: need to do. That's exactly what we need to do. And hopefully that'll happen. And uh, you know what?
1: Before it's too late and it's not going to be too late, but for us, go to MIGonline.com and fill out an application, go to your favorite loan officer's page. You know what? Just come down and call us. 1-800-489-8910. I don't think I do a good enough job promoting Mortgage Investors Group. They are our rock. They are our sponsor and they present this show. But thank you guys for joining the Housing Hour this week. We couldn't be happier with what's happening in the housing market and also on this show. We'll see you guys next week right here on the Housing Hour. Thanks again for coming in. Talk to you later.